Welcome, my friend. We appreciate you. He's the co-founder of True Digital Group, and you can check them out at truedigitalgroup.com. Um, we're talking about takeaways and lessons, and there's so much to discuss, Patrick, uh, in innovation, banking, fintech, uh, with the True Digital Group, um, and understanding where we're at today uh, with the reality of our culture, the capabilities that um, finance uh, companies and banks have and credit unions have, um, and also, you know, who has the money? Where is the capital? As I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs that I'm coaching or businesses, big businesses are like, there's a change in the season. So I'm going to start there. What would you say is the biggest takeaway for you uh, as we're shifting our economy again um, in your space of banking, fintech, uh, with digital or technology uh, relating to the community financial institutions that we have. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on, David. It's great to be able to meet you and participate today. Um, you know, True Digital, we do, we, we serve community banks and credit unions uh, and, you know, get to talk to probably 30 to 40 a week. I think the takeaway of this week is that community banks are actually in a really good spot. Uh, I think there's a lot of macro things happening that make them, you know, make people nervous, but most community banks, most banks have diversified balance sheets and they, you know, there's still activity happening. So I think there's, there's actually more of a sense of calmness than I think you feel on Twitter anyways. <laughs> you know, as much as technology uh, should be utilized as a servant, a lot of people see it as a master um, and they allow it to control uh, what they do. Um, and I've seen over the last 30 years as I've worked in technology since 1992, Web1, when people told me the internet, including my mom and Justice Scalia, you know, the internet would never work. Uh, it was a fad. You couldn't use it for research. You couldn't use it to buy things. Uh, it would never work. Um, there seems to be a segregation now uh, where everything used to collapse together. And we saw this during COVID, that everything doesn't collapse together anymore. That when the housing market falls, the banks don't fall. When the inner, when the stocks fall, everything doesn't fall. And um, what do you think has caused the security and stabilization in especially what was, you know, a, a key indicator that things weren't going well was the insecurity of community banks and credit unions? You know, I think the what I, I would say, I think the, the 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 ability to build more comp complex and uh, particular financial tools and instruments uh, that actually, while that can at times and it has in our history been dangerous because sometimes the complexity of the tools were too great. But generally speaking, I think actually. The financial system is getting has gotten much better at being able to share risk, whether it's you know in different asset classes, etc. And so that actually acts as like a, a strong safety net, if you will, because you don't have such you don't have instruments that are so isolated with one type of risk, if that makes sense. And one of the things you know, I spend a minimum amount of time every day uh, looking at AI. Uh, in understanding its capabilities, not what I call its collectability. But, you know, as I look at analysis, 
um, AI has been able to give me a great head start in my research and my analysis the same way that, you know, when I worked with West Publishing in 1992 and we used Boolean language, it gave me a huge head start on finding the most relevant and recent case law or statute that was pertaining to slip slash S fall slash P quote unquote grocery store. AI does the, the same thing for me. And how have you been able to use AI in the analysis and research as an accelerant to finding out where and how we best can apply the innovation that you have at True Digital Group for community banks and uh, credit unions for better service, better stability, uh, better investment. You know, uh, been, it's been fun playing with it and, and you know, reading about it and thinking of different use cases. I think where I have found it most potentially helpful is in being able to take uh, regulations or policies, which are you know more complicated than not, and be to say, okay, hey, could you take this and explain it in a way that was simpler? And <laughs> I, I think- I, 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 that's so good. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm just laughing. I I did a meetup yesterday at Van as We were up there for uh, Howie Mandel, and so before, like an hour and a half before, we do this meetup, and you know, this really uh, successful person came and said, Dave, I just have to admit, I really like your stuff, but I don't understand all of it. And then we had a group of recovery people come in too. And, and you, know, you know, one of the guys was like, I, can you, can you explain this to me? Like I can understand. And then I told them all, I said, just put what I'm saying into chat GPT and say, explain it to me. Like I'm an eight, eight year old. And that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, you know, having, you know, there was about six, seven years ago, I'd never worked inside of a bank before. And then I did. And you are overwhelmed by, okay, all these different policies and how this affects this and that. And it's tough. And I think one of the things that that has done over the years is, you know, regulations and policies only ever get more complex. We never get simpler because we start thinking, oh, you need to solve for this or manage that. And so I think one of the things that's happened culturally inside of many banks is, People know that like I need to behave and not do something that could actually jeopardize my bank or my customers or the financial system. But I'm almost don't know what to do because I don't know how to even understand all of the different policies that exist. I think it could be a really valuable tool in that case to help people, you know, be able to do their jobs and not have to be experts in, you know, compliance and regulations. I think the other way I've seen it helpful and it's even for me uh, is you know, how do you take something and you try to come with a new idea for something? You know, a lot, I think a lot of times I love that process of innovation and creativity and, and challenging assumptions, but I know it's harder for some people and I too get blocked and you can just kind of throw, you know, a, a prompt in there and it starts you like thinking, if you will. Uh, and so like yesterday I had five minutes in between uh, a call and thought, I wonder if there's a cool award we could come up with that honored a banker and in five minutes built a, an award, an email to the recipient, uh, information to the team about the process of what's going to happen, a blog post and a press release. It took five minutes. It's pretty fun. So it's going to be the first uh, AI created award in banking industry. That is super cool. So, you know, we've discussed how culture is improved uh, through uh, the digital innovations uh, that you guys do at True Digital Group. Uh, we also talked about the finance and the finance security. What capabilities 
are most valuable right now um, that you're utilizing or empowering uh, the community banks and, and credit unions with? You know, so we're very focused on helping banks better manage and optimize their vendor relationships. You know, I, I, again, here is an example. I got to a bank and said, okay, you know, before that I'd built a business as a marketing agency and said, okay, we need to, you know, make some updates to the mobile app. What I didn't realize was we don't actually have our own mobile app. Most banks in the country use one of like seven, you know, templates and they don't have control over it. And there's so many different vendors inside of a bank that do so many things. And if you looked at it from the vendors to headcount, I don't think there's any industry that could compare. And so how do you then, you know, use that to innovate and to try to do things cheaper, better, faster for your customers? It's hard because it impacts so many other things that are already in existence. And I think part of that is actually banked for one of the first industries in the country to adopt technologies. Uh, and so now you have a lot of legacy tech and legacy vendors, whereas if you could just go start a new company today, it's a hell of a lot easier because you don't have all of that pre-existing stuff. And so trying to help banks work through that, uh, if you will. It's amazing. Uh, so many great takeaways. Please, everyone, reach out to digitalgroup.com. Patrick Sells, thanks for allowing us to feel more secure, by the way, because uh, I think one of the things that creates the most insecurity is when our community banks and credit unions fail, uh, as we saw with some local banks here in California. Uh, but yet this stable stabilization that has occurred because of companies like yours and also congratulations on all the amazing awards that you've won, not just created via AI, but won, including Digital Banker of the Year and 40 Under 40 Emerging Community Bank Leader himself, Patrick Sells. Thanks for joining me here. Thank you, David. You got it. Awesome. All right, Jakey Bakey, why don't you just quickly reset the room? I'm going to bring Laura Crenshaw up next, but maybe I'll take a, a, a quick takeaway. Go ahead, reset the room. Perfect. Resetting the room. Thank you, Patrick. This is David Meltzer's hour here on the Breakfast with Champions. Welcome, everybody. Dave, as you go on to your next guest, we actually have Monica here who wants to ask you a question. So why don't we take a quick question on here? Let's continue to share the room, everybody. You can share it uh, at the bottom. There's a little square with an arrow. Share the room with your friends, family, and the whole community. And, of course, you can share on Clubhouse, on Twitter, and all your favorite social media platforms and your text messages. So I'll bring up Monica. Monica, if you want to unmute yourself and ask Dave a question, welcome. Oh, no. Take away. It's a takeaway. Okay. <laughs> I think we have static. Yeah, you have static, Monica. We can't hear you so well. That? Awesome. Much better. Yeah. Oop. What happened, Jake? Jakey Big, can you hear me? I don't I can hear you. Monica, are you there? You know what happens? I, Jake, I gotta explain this to people. You know what happens when you have a lot of energy? It creates interference between the network and us. I, I do a show with uh guys like Rick Macy from the movie King Richard uh, for Serena and, and Venus Williams or with Dr. and Master Shaw uh, or, you know, Adam Jablin or Mike Diamond. These guys have so much energy and <laughs> it always screws up. But want to give it one more time. If not, I'm going to bring uh, Dr. Laura Crawshaw up, uh, if you don't mind. She's the boss whisperer. Awesome. Let's see, Monica, are you here? 
right, Dave. Let's go. Let's go to Mon- uh, Let's go online. Maybe Monica can join after this guest. Yeah, actually, Laura's also having a little bit of connection thing. Let me just get a takeaway online, uh, if Perfect. you don't mind. There's so so many. In order to live by the law of attraction, you also need to live by the law of Goya and allowance. Uh, the law of Goya, John Asaroff taught me from the movie The Secret, a good friend of mine, and uh, that's get off your ass. <laughs> yes, uh, I think there's three levels. Uh, one, in responsibility, uh, we learn. In attraction, we learn. And in the participation in our perception, we learn. And encompassing all three phases is how we come up with control in our lives, control of our mindset, our heart set, and our hand set. And so if we can utilize responsibility to learn, attraction to learn, and participating in a perception to learn, uh, we can have control of our mindset, our heart set, and our hand set, what we think, what we feel, and what we do and say. And so in the crux of attention and intention lies this idea of the law of attraction, Goya, uh, that we utilize responsibility, attraction, and perception all to learn, uh, to do our best, uh, to learn lessons, and of course, to have fun. Um, And uh, these are great takeaways, hopefully resonating with with some of them. Uh, Next takeaway, uh, while we're waiting for Laura uh, to connect, my biggest takeaway is the importance of identifying my fears so I can stop the moment I go unconscious throughout the day. I can then change my state of mind into a better direction, action. Um, yeah, so that's one of my favorite takeaways is to simplify what's interfering with me and my potential. And I know it's fear. I I know fear is interfering, no pun intended, with my potential. And I know there's only two types of fear, fear of the past and fear of the future. And so I have gotten into a practice of identifying fear. Uh, Fear of the past usually results into uh, guilt or regret. And so for me, If I feel guilty or regretful, or if I fear fearful and I can't determine what it is, I then try to look at what need do do I have or my ego have? What need do I have? The fight, flee, feed, or fornicate. What need do I have prescribed to a fear that's interfering with my potential, with my uh, participation in the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought that protects and promote me, knows everything and loves me more than my mom. What is it? Is it a need to be separate? Do I have a need to be separate from uh, a certain situation, event, person, idea, thought, words, beliefs, feelings? Do I need to be separate, inferior, superior? Do I need to be anxious, frustrated, angry, or guilty? Do I need to be regretful or resentful? Do I need to be offended? All of these needs start to create fear, which is a behavior that aggregates on itself, attracts more fear. It compounds on itself, so it's greater fear, and it accelerates upon itself, so it happens faster and faster and more often. And so if I can get into the practice of identifying fear, knowing it's fear of the past, fear of the future, and then prescribe the need 
that I have inherent within my being, the needs of the ego that edge goodness out, edge gold out, edge greatness out of me and limits me in my own self-image, then I can just stop, not resist it, not go over it, under it, through it, around it. Simply I can stop and then remind, remember and recollect with the unified abundant infinite system of thought. I can have that approach that allows me to be part of the whole, part of oneness, part of the unification that we talked about earlier. Um, and so uh, that is uh, an amazing, Frank, uh, my other friend here says, nothing happens until we move. Uh, another great uh, takeaway as well. Um, Jake, I'm gonna keep taking these takeaways because uh, I'm not sure Dr. Laura Crawshaw um, uh, she's the boss whisperer is going to be able to connect or not. Is she going to be able to connect uh, Raluca? Give me a thumbs up or not. Uh, I can't tell. Alrighty. Anyways, there's so many good ones here. All right. Next one, identifying the role that fear can play in terms of interference with the practice of prioritization by practicing ending fear. You'll be amazed at the ease you'll receive. Um, yeah. I think prioritization is a great indicator, a great confirmation for people that you know what's important to you. You see, in order to identify fear or even to uh, be empowered uh, to that whole, we need to know what's important to us. We need to know what we want to progress towards. Uh, we want to know who we can help and who can help us progress towards. And we want to know how best we can progress towards being productive, accessible, and gracious with the 24 hours in a day. Uh, and when we know uh, those progressions of what, who, and how, when we know where we're progressing and what's important to us, prioritization is easy. So that means that we know our now. Um, and if you want to read Eckhart Tolle and the power of now uh, and understanding what it means to be present, which is a confirmation that you know what's important to you because you can prioritize and reprioritize and know what you're doing now and know what you're doing next, which creates extraordinary efficiencies, effectiveness, and statistical success to allow us to stay out of fear and to apply our why instead of search for it. Instead of searching for what you already have, more happiness, more health, more wealth, more worthiness, knowing that I am, I am collected and remembered and reminded with something bigger than me that knows everything and loves me more than my mom. And therefore I'm in the practice of identifying the fear that interferes with the wholeness or oneness or potential that I have. Um, another takeaway, soul level alchemy awareness was the takeaway. In the past, I'd settle. Now, does this align to my heart and soul? So the only limitations that we have are our self-image. So our only limitation in the future, we cannot overachieve our self-image. And so through a soul level alchemy, we create an awareness of what's interfering with our potential. Is it a limitation of usually a meaning that we give, a lesson that we've given ourselves of a defining moment, an inflection point, a mistake, failure, setback, or success, or a historical reference in my past that is interfering with my future. Um, and so there's kind of a reconciliation of the past and uh, the, the future. So um, 
very good. Let's see here. When spending time with family, you don't get paid financially, but emotionally and spiritually and mentally is pay dirt with such time. I think this, uh, Frank, is uh, directly related to the prioritization of the non-negotiables, um, where we're utilizing our time with the activity we have planned, don't have planned sleep, with the activity we get paid for, with the activity we don't get paid for, in the prioritization of time, we should have a non-negotiable that is programmed into the utilization of time, meaning that I schedule by time a minimum of an hour a day on my health first, as if I was prioritizing a, a surgery that I couldn't miss. It is every single day the number one priority because I know if I'm healthy, I get as many wishes, hopes, and dreams as I want. And if I'm unhealthy, I only get one hope, dream, and wish that I want. And so I make and create non-negotiables of a minimum of an hour a day on my health, a minimum amount of time with my family, my wife, my 13-year-old get more time than my three daughters, 24, 21, and 18. And they get more time each day than my mom, who I only need to tell every day, every day, seven days a week, knowing that two minutes a day equals more than two hours on a Saturday fixing her screen door. I tell her that I'm happy, I'm healthy, I love her and appreciate her, and it reduces any fear of anything else with the primary knowledge or, or request or intention that my mom has for all six of her children, that they're happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, that they are uh, appreciative and they love her. And as long as you can communicate that effectively, we can clear that interference. Um, I assume, Raluca, that uh, Dr. Laura Croshaw is not coming. Give me a thumbs yeah, up. There yeah, we go. We're going to reschedule Dr. Laura, Dave. All right, perfect. Can uh, We got time, Jake. Why don't you go ahead quickly, uh, let everyone know that they can get the, the lessons guide, the rules for being human guide from me, uh, my book, everything, and then let's take another takeaway. Perfect. Yes, thank you, Dave. There is seven minutes left here. If anyone wants any of those trainings or guides, just feel free to email David. David's email is david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. Also, there, uh, today's topic was the takeaway of the week. So if you didn't get a chance to share your takeaway, just feel free to email David as well to share yours. And then we will bring you up next time to share your takeaway of the week as well. We've got seven minutes here, Dave, on, uh, on Clubhouse. Do you want to uh, do you want to take another question online and then we'll bring up uh, Bonnie to share her takeaway of the week? Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> so um, and, you know, th this is a, a takeaway uh, as we're planning so many things. Right. We, we have just a very active schedule all over the world from Sydney to Bali to Scotland to oh, Canada to we're. VCon, by the way, we have this VIP dinner with Jim Quick and and all these great plans, Austin Eckler and Michael Chandler and Jeff Hoffman, the founder of Priceline uh, on May 19th in Indy. We got uh, Miami uh, with 90 family offices. I'll be down there May 14th. And all these plans that we have collision up in Toronto. So if anyone is around, come join us in any one of these cities around the world. We'd love to see you. But this takeaway is applicable because we have more activities planned than most people, Jake. And uh, it says life is what happens while you're making plans. 
And I always say, if you're going to make God laugh, come up with a well-developed plan. So as we're planning to be in Indianapolis uh, at our VIP uh, dinner at uh, VCon with Gary V, when we're going to be in collision up there in Toronto with another VIP experience, and then Miami on May 4th, we're going to be down there with all uh, Randy Garn and friends and Kim Perel and many, many others. I think Mike Tannenbaum's joining us. And uh, wherever we are, uh, life is still happening. And we want to make sure that we're present, that we are not living the life of should have. And we can't should have all over ourselves every day. And we want to live our life in the present and the prioritization of the present, the antidote of uh, these things that we're planning, but we can't say, I'm going to be so happy when I have this VIP dinner in Indianapolis. I'll be so happy when I'm in Miami. I'm going to be so happy in Scotland. I'm going to be so happy in Israel, in Sydney, in Bali. I'm going to be so happy when my daughter graduates next week. I'm going to be so, no, I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I'm already in life is happening. Wow. I'm making all these plans. And so I, I think, uh, Jay, thank you for that uh, takeaway because it's very applicable to uh, myself, my family and my team. And I want to always remind, remember and recollect uh, that uh, we have to stay present in life and not attach our emotion to all the great plans that, by the way, God will laugh at those well-developed plans every single time. All right, Jake, we have time for one more takeaway. And uh, who do you got for me? Perfect. Let's bring up uh, Bonnie. Bonnie, if you want to unmute yourself here on Clubhouse and share your takeaway of the week, welcome. Hey, Jake. Thanks so much. Can you guys hear me okay? Uh, I wish every we could hear everyone as well as we hear you. Yes, we can. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I'm going to be quick. Um, I just wanted to share, really, my biggest takeaway is really leaning into, um, I heard some other people talking about surrender. And also your notion of being promoted and protected. And um, April has been full of that. As you know, I made, made it a long trip. Um, I had surgery last week. I'm still kind of slurring because I've got some stitches left in my mouth. And I'm actually kind of excited to see what's going to happen today because I was supposed to have them out. And I woke up and I think both of my boys either have strep or the flu. <laughs> <laughs> So no trip to the dentist. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to hang out with these a little bit longer. Keep perfecting uh, speaking with them in my mouth. Um, but it's it's funny how I've had a complete shift in my thinking to where normally I'd be wake, waking up and kind of freaking out about the fact that they're both sick. And I'm not happy they're sick, obviously. Um, but it's like, okay, well, what am I being promoted to and protected from? And if you'd like to expand a little bit more on that, I'll pause the mic. But thanks so much, Jake, for inviting me up to uh, share my biggest takeaway. Oh, well, what a great takeaway, because this is the hardest test on faith. Uh, when anything happens to our children, you know, I saw the movie about Emmett Till um, on the airplane when I was flying back uh <clears throat> this week from incredible event, by the way, scaling your business, Tony DiSilvestro at Austin Eckler and Magic Johnson and myself with the people in Virginia beach. But I watched this movie and, you know, this poor young man, Emmett Till, uh, was tortured and killed because of the color of his skin. I believe he's only 14 years old. Um, and they recently here, this was in 1955, uh, recently in 2022, 
past the Emmett Till um, act. <laughs> it's a lot of years. Um, and so when something happens that there's no explanation or no reason or no logic that could be put to how could this be protecting and promoting me? If you look at Hurricane Carter, Nelson Mandela, Moses, whoever you want to do and study human nature and history, we realize that faith, faith is difficult at times and it has no logic tied to it. And what makes it more difficult is that time is infinite. It's not in the man-made construct. So when our children uh, have a disease like strep throat or worse, or when things happen of historical significance that you know are just unbelievable, that source or that there is someone that loves us more than our mom would allow uh, this to happen. We have to have faith that in the bigger picture of infinite, abundant, system of thought in the omniscient all-powerful and all-knowing that believe it or not this was the best thing that could happen that we are being protected and promoted because remember we are one and we are infinite and that idea makes it very difficult to feel protected and promoted when we are living in the present in the 24-hour day the man-made construct of time all right jake it's 7 a.m pacific time right on the dot that means we got to close out the room and close out training. We've been doing this for over 23 years. If you'd like the rules for being human, if you'd like to come join us in Miami, Indy, Toronto, Scotland, Israel, Bali, wherever you want to be, we have a lot of meetups and VIP dinners and shows that we'd love to have you come to. Email me, david at dmelter.com. Close out the room, Jakey of the Bakey. Thank you, David. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you. Remember, most importantly, be more interested than interesting. Whatever you want from me, I'll throw in a book. I'll sign it. I'll send it to you. I'll pay for shipping and the book. David at dmelzer.com. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you later.